We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? <laughs> it's your boy, John of the Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Coming at you on, uh, well, what are we at? We're at Wednesday, um, July 21st, which means the draft is one week and one day away. And uh, to me, that means we're a week and a day away from... All hell breaking loose. Uh, I have a funny feeling that it's going to be an active couple of weeks. Um, just, just throwing it out there. I think the, uh, I think the the further we we move along with the old uh, National Basketball Association, the more these draft slash free agency periods are going to be um, times where you know the landscape of the league kind of um, shifts. A little bit. I just, I don't know. It seems like it's been heading that way for a while, and uh, I think it's going to keep heading that way. But as for what that means for the Knicks, well, I guess we'll we'll see. Um, there was a uh, report out from Kevin O'Connor today, uh, or yesterday, I should say, from uh, the Ringer saying that the Knicks have been among the most aggressive suitors, uh, inquiring with the uh, Portland Trailblazers about the availability of one Damian Lillard. Um, you know. Take that to mean whatever you want to take it to mean. Um, I I I, uh, I suspect it means they have been uh, you know just kicking the tires, seeing if he is indeed out there. As far as um, whether or not the Knicks have been offering up everything that they have to offer in terms of uh, picks and young players, I um, well, let's just say I, I I would be a little bit more dubious. Of that. Um, aggressive can mean a lot of things. Um, and I'll just leave it at that. Um, we got a great show for you today. Um, at a site, a um, world-renowned musician. I'm just going to say it. He's a world-renowned musician because his stuff has appeared, you know, um, on in conjunction with the NBA. It's appeared, you know, in conjunction with the NFL. It's appeared in conjunction recently uh, with the NHL and the Stanley Cup Finals. I mean... 
He's all over the place. He just dropped a new album uh, not too long ago. We we talked about the album. Uh, we talked about state of the music business right now. And of course, we talk about the Knicks a lot as he is a massive, massive, massive Knicks fan. Um, you know, all due respect to the uh, slightly more headline grabbing Nick fans, your, your Spike Lee's of the world and whoever else you want to throw in that, in that bucket. Give me, give me out of sight any day of the week and twice on Sunday, uh, because we could actually have real conversations about the team, which we did, uh, for this episode. And it turned out quite well. And, and we had a lot of fun and we got into some cool topics. I think you're going to enjoy this. Um, Stay tuned for that. The only other thing I want to say before I get to um, my convo with with Rich is um, a shout out to the one and only Mike Vorkanoff. Mike Vorkanoff has been a guest on this podcast many times. And if I have my druthers, he will be a guest on this podcast uh, once more uh, in the next several weeks before he departs the New York Knicks beat. He has been um, obviously covering the Knicks for the athletic for. I think several years now. I'll have to ask him about this when he comes on again. Um, but he has been, he's shifting. So he's going to still be at the athletic, but he's going to be covering the NBA from a larger uh, business standpoint, I think. Um, I'm excited to see what he has in store, uh, but he will be missed on the next beat. Um, one, because as I tell him whenever he's on this podcast, and I will say here, um, his analysis of the Knicks and his, just writing about the Knicks is um, second to none. He does great. He has done a great job covering the team. Um, and uh, I will miss him writing about them. And also just on a personal note, um, you know, as, as I've never tried to hide, I am not someone who has had a uh, upbringing in, in journalism. I don't have any kind of a journalistic background. I've been kind of figuring this shit out as I go along, um, you know, occupying this weird um, in between world between uh, a fan that loves the team and also someone who tries to somewhat objectively cover them. And uh, I will just say that um, Mike Vorkanoff has been incredibly helpful uh, helping me kind of figure out my way as I've, as I've gone along through that process. So he will absolutely be missed um, on the Knicks on the Knicks beat, but um, look forward to continuing to read his stuff on the athletics. So shout out to him. Uh, anything else before we get to my conversation without a scythe? Um, oh, one more thing. Last thing. Shout out to Sam of the good life. Um, Sam, wherever you are out there, um, big up to you. Uh, I, I hope this podcast reaches you well, and, uh, I will just leave it at that on that note. Um, let's get to my conversation with out of sight. Joining me now on the Knicks Film School podcast, he is, let's see, if if funny is the John Goodman of the Knicks Film School podcast, I mean, this next person has to be, I guess, the Tom Hanks. Maybe he's Mr. Baldwin. Um, I'm trying to think what musicians have been. That, that's really the appropriate. Why don't I just introduce him? Um, I know him as Rich. You know him as Out of Sight. Just dropped his fifth studio album. We're going to talk about that, the Knicks, everything. Rich, what's what's a what's a musical performer that's been on SNL a ton? I'm trying to think. I don't know. Have you had Robert Randolph on the pod yet? <laughs> Listen. I feel like me and him, like I, I'm trying to take that Friday night's Nick song from him and reverse <laughs> reverse the luck. Although it was better this past year. Robert Randolph 
would not be the Robert Randolph of this podcast if he came. <laughs> Do you want to be the Robert Randolph? Robert Randolph is <laughs> dropping trade trade bombs on his Twitter. But that's the okay. The only way, the <laughs> only way that you know for a fact that a trade or a signing or a draft pick is not, not happening. happening. <laughs> like if he reports that your favorite player has been is going to be traded, you could go buy the jersey. You could invest in an autograph or whatever you want. Yeah, he's over a hundred. But shouts to Robert Randolph is a fantastic musician, by the way. Um, as far as I, yeah, I have no idea, but I'm happy to be a friend of the show. And it's uh, fantastic watching you guys continue to grow as a publication. The the uh, Congrats on the Patreon. Uh, I subscribe to the newsletter. You guys are putting out content constantly. You are the creme de la creme of all Nick's news. Shouts to you guys. Oh, and I see that Vork is leaving the athletic. I would be I would be surprised if they don't come after J Mac. <laughs> Listen, okay. On well, the first Knicks he's daily at, beat. He's not even leaving the athletic. He's just leaving. He's leaving the Knicks beat. Yeah, somebody's got to do the Knicks beat for the athletic. I paid sixty bucks. Somebody better be writing some, some articles. What would you do? What would you do if they got if they're like? Welcome to your newest Knicks beat reporter for the Athletic, Frank Isola. How would you feel about that? <laughs> uh, Frank Frank is is happy being a national reporter. I think He's, he likes it. He, he loves trolling Knicks fans too. So yeah. No, I don't know. Next uh, Athletic Knicks re- beat reporter Robert Randolph. <laughs> I'd love I'd love to read his analysis of the Knicks. That would be spectacular. Woo! He's got the Jim Dolan plug. Uh, All right, anyways, thank you for having me, though. Dude, and, this is, uh, you this guys is have been killing it, for real, though. Well, thank you. Um, speaking of killing it, listen, we're going to talk about the Knicks in a little bit. Um, yeah. I got to start with you. Um, I said it before. I, I had to confirm with you because I'm like, no, this can't be his fifth. But it is it's your my fifth, fifth album. studio album. Five studio albums in the last decade. Is that? Wow. It feels like a lot, right? I think it's it's about standard. I think, you know, it's very easy to not put out five albums because, you know, it's a, cra- it's a crazy industry. So I feel very lucky that I've made a career and put out five albums in 10 years. And I've put out a lot of music. I've always been in a, you know how there's gym rats in basketball? I'm a studio yeah. rat. So <laughs> uh, I've always been that way, especially the past five, six years when I've been putting music out independently. So I, I take, take you know, recording seriously. So I'll Monday to Friday, we'll be at my desk, set hours and, and work and uh, just really happy with the album. And it had been uh, actually, my last time was 2018. So... Um, I had been putting out a bunch of singles and uh, this was the first album I put out on my record label, 83 Sound. So super stoked on the that. The first one? Yeah. So I put out like a bunch of singles the past few years on 83 Sound. I did like a little EP, but I hadn't put out a full length album. Now, albums these days is, is, you know, it's the format. It, it's not a dying format because great artists put out great albums. Sure. I've always been a bit more singles driven. I'll just kind of ride, you know, put out songs and ride the wave and see what happens with any song. You just never can predict. Um, but it's nice to to put out a full full body of work. And so um, um 
No, it's, just, it's yeah. interesting, like how how that is that like you're you're cool putting you were you would put out like small stuff on your own things, but like for an album you would do you would do through a different like is the bit I I would have to get too much into this, but is this yeah. a really is this a tougher business to navigate than it appears to be, or because I, I just don't know much about it. Well, the music business has gone through crazy changes over the past few years. It's actually right now a very lucrative time in the music business for those who have been in the game because, you know, just like the listener, everything's changed for them. Like, you know, five, six, when I first started out, I put out my first album and tonight is the night and all that. It was all about selling your stuff on iTunes, right? And then yeah. it, the, it transitioned and went to streaming. And now streaming is the, the main you know, way that people digest music and listen to music. So streaming has really changed the game just in terms of the bigger players, for sure. It also has definitely allowed independent artists to do different things. So what does that mean for you that now everything well, has to for be... for me, my business really has turned into... Um, I just put out my style of music and then we work closely with a lot of brands, TV, film, and I do okay. a lot of music licensing... And, um, yeah, so, you know, I, I don't make music for licensing. I make music and hope it gets licensed. And, yeah. um, you know, like we just did, uh, just ha had the intro to the Stanley Cup finals, which was really fun. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. Kind of a big so, deal. Just listen, I like how you just, just slip it in there. It's, it's kind no, of a big it's deal. It's awesome. It's awesome. I always love working with the sports leagues. You know, a few years ago, we did, uh, did the NBA playoffs. Sure. Which was probably one of the highlights of my career for sure. That was amazing. So, um, uh, and we worked with Monday Night Football the last year. So just, I love working with the sports leagues because, you know, I'm, we're all just huge sports diehards here. So anytime we can do that is really fun. And yeah, now put out, I have a label that I do with my producer, Cook Classics. It's called 83 Sound and we're putting out artists too. And we're just trying to help them, you know, navigate through the world and, our artist Chelsea Perkins just had a the trailer for this show on Netflix called Never Have I Ever, which is just a massive show. So it's Dude, been a really huge. Yeah, it's my favorite show on Netflix. I'm I'm only really? so don't say anything. I'm only an episode and a half in because I, things have been Amazing. a little busy over here for for season no, two. Obviously, great. season one's honestly one of the funniest single seasons of television I could remember watching as an Amazing. adult. Yeah, so our artist was the trailer for season two, and that's just awesome. That's great. The amount of engagement was just fantastic. I mean, I just—I'll be honest—I wasn't familiar with the show, so I was just like, "Holy!" I hope cow, you've watched show it now. Is massive, yeah. And it was number one on Netflix all weekend. Yeah. So just um, yeah. So you know, just hustling, man. But uh, it's a good time in the business as long as the world isn't shut down. So fingers crossed. Well. I mean, you know, so I, I'm out here on Long Island uh, for for the time being. Like, you know, I would just ha I would I wouldn't even go over to the preserve during the whole pandemic. I would just when I would do my running, I would just like run up like the block because I knew there would be like no people like near me because obviously we were all like freaked out for the better part of a year. And sure. uh, what do you call it? All time fave, man. Over the last couple months was just that was I was in automatic. On, I, I'm not yeah. even talking about like every other run, like every run I went on. And it, you just you reminded tempo. me of that. Uh, dude, yeah. you reminded me of that when you talk about like how all the sports leagues go and dig your stuff because yep. I listen, I'm not going to, I'm really not going to try to sound like an old man, but I'm going to sound like an old man anyway. Like music today, <laughs> the music that gets made nowadays is not 
like I don't when I hear most music, I, I don't think like, okay, that's something that's gonna get me pumped up, it's gonna get me excited, it's gonna get me happy. It's all yeah. the things, all the feelings like that. That's what I want. It's like what I want when I run. It's if I go to the gym, if sure. I go out to the club. And when I'm watching like about to watch a big game, that's the type of thing I want. Yeah. And you know, I think the trending where the trend in the industry musically over the past few years was definitely a bit more low key. I don't want to say sad, but you, you know, can say it. I think it's fucking sad. Sorry, but yeah, there and uh, you know, e- even like five six years ago when I started putting out music independently, I came out with the Wildlife, and it just did really well. And you know, I'm the guy. In my first single, I said, "If I got one chance, motherfucker, I'm gonna make y'all dance." So <laughs> for me, it was Love just it. like it wasn't necessarily cool, but I was just like, I, you know, I'm just a, a fun loving person. So this is just the music I like to make. So, um, I think I've low key built those, you know, a, a functioning brand of fun music. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. so I love doing it. And the album is, is chock full of just, you know, like uplifting or just like fun, loving songs. that like, you can play loud and just kind of let loose. And so I pride myself on that. And I don't think it's corny. You know, it's a very fine line. But corny is inauthentic, to me at least. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you know, I came up rapping in New York City. So, like, I know, you know what I mean? Like, so, I'm, I I'm, I pride myself as a songwriter, but, like, I came up open mics uh, in New York City, in Manhattan, in Brooklyn for years, like, and, and earned earned my way through, you know what I mean? And yeah. so, I got... You know, I got some cred. I'm not acting like, you know, but you know what I mean? Like, no, I paid my I, dues. I, can I ask you, because it, it, is there like a, a confidence that you have that you know you don't have to worry? Not that, that not worry is that's the wrong way. But like, you know, based on that history, that you know in your heart you're authentic. And that nobody who nobody can legitimately question that. So when if you're going to put out like a dance record, like fuck it, I'm going to put out a fucking dance record because that's what I want to do. You know? Do you get what I'm saying? Hundred percent. I, I think it's you know you just got to be true to what you love. For me, like I listen to fun, like fun music. Like I like funky music. I like soul music. I like funk. You know what I mean? I like you know, like classic R&B that like feels good. So for me to make that style of music is very much just, you know, very real to me. So I think that's what it comes down to. You know what I mean? Just, just trying to make stuff that you love. So, um, every song on this album, I was bumping loud, like, damn, you know, I love this. You know what I mean? At one point. So I'm happy to share it. Um, I have to just tell you very quickly. So I, I think I've told you this before that I was in many past lives ago, a DJ, um, or wow. I was really, I was really more of an MC. I didn't, I didn't, um, all my spinning was done through, uh, like the CD player where you can, you weren't actually spinning the, a real record, but you could right. you still CDJs. Yeah, basically. Um, sure. my, my DJ name was DJ Johnny jams. And ah, I jams and there are still people to this day that if they see me in, in those streets, in those streets yes. of New York, they'll be like, yo, jams, what's up? Because that's the only thing they ever knew me as. And then when I saw the, the cover art for your album, I'm like this mother, I, I, yeah. I was like, what are the odds? Amazing. Well, I knew that's why I named it jams. <laughs> because one night on Staten Island, many moons ago, there was a, there was a DJ 
who just played every record I loved. His name was Jams. Uh, I remembered him. Um, yeah, no, that's tight. Yeah, and honestly, I had this title for like the better part of a year, and then you know, the, it just was a weird time. So it kind of like metamorphosized, but I just like the music kept changing and working on more and more stuff, whatever. But I just kept the title. I was like, I like this title because it just felt like it was a very apt way to describe the music. You know, it's yeah. just jams. Like, it's just something fun and, and colorful. And that's why I wanted the cover to be like super colorful too. Yeah. So it's cause it's like, if the music feels very colorful to me, um, one more thing on the on the album be, before we talk some basketball, which is that, you know, obviously this past year and almost a year and a half now, it's never ending, um, has been, you know, not not the most fun. It, 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 like, do you feel like it, it, this, this is not more meaningful or more needed, but do, do you just feel good about like, OK, we're it feels like we're maybe not coming out of it. But like, I don't know. I feel like we need stuff like this more, more even so than than before. Did you think about that throughout the process? At 100%. All? I mean, for me, I needed it. You know what I mean? Like when I was making this music, I, I made most. I think every song on this album I made here at my desk. We bought a house last year, set up the studio. We bought it during COVID. Um, and set up the studio and then I would do a zoom session with my homie Shaban and we would jam and we had like, there's like a way to do it now where like I can hear the music that's in his interface and like just, you know, all digital and I'm just writing and like singing in my voice memo. Then I would take it into my studio and, and make the demo and then me and cook, my producer would work on it and we did it all digital. And for me, like getting lost in that really kind of was an escape from like a very strange reality. And um, I thought it was really important. And I wrote a song like Guess Who's Back for like thinking about like when shit gets back. You know, we've had like a lot of stop and starts and who knows where the hell we're at now. But all together now was like about like shit, like being on a stoop like having a beer with the radio loud, you know what I mean? Like just going back to that, like kind of like reminiscing a bit, but like thinking about what it would be like. So it was an escape for me, you know what I mean? Uh, And that's, I feel so incredibly just lucky that I was able to work and be able to do that. You know what I mean? Cause I know how hard it was for just so many people. So I just felt really, really blessed to be working. So I just worked my ass off and tried to make something great. You know what I mean? Cause that's all I know how to do, really. No, I make songs, I'm, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you because, like, kind of that was, um, albeit in a very different uh, way and different different type of venue. That was like a lot of the last year and a half for me because it's yeah. like you know you can't really do much else. It's like, all right, I'll throw myself into into the work, which you know um, I, we we keep busy over here, as it were. No, I um, love it, and it's sports, sports too. I mean. You guys have done a great job and sports in the Knicks were just such a huge part of our lives this past year. And the fact that they were good during oh my God. such a strange time was, was, it was just amazing. You know what I mean? Like I remember the Knicks being good more than like a lot of other stuff, stuff. just like, it was like the perfect remedy. We needed it so bad. Doing it, but, but in, it's, you know, when I think of, I don't know, when, I don't know where I'm going to be in 20 years, but when I think back to, you know, the pandemic and like what I was doing, like this Nick team is going to stand out in my mind. And I'm thinking back to, so our pod, me, you and Fuddy, 
we were, it had to be, was it, it wasn't like the first week of the regular season, but it was early. It was very early on, right? What was our, yeah, what was our optimism level at that point? Do you remember? Because I, re- I remember we, we were like, if they win this next game against this shitty team and go and like go to, I don't know what they were at the time, but it was not like they were not, it was not that they were like great, but we were, we were on such like cloud nine. Um, yeah. And then it just, I don't know. Did, was there, it's where a few weeks, of, well, actually we're almost a few months removed from it now was thinking back. I'm trying to think myself, was there a point where it became real for you? Like, oh shit, this is actually happening. You know, I, I think it was like we were on pins and needles until like that second half of the season where we were supposed to just drop off a cliff yes. and and they just kept winning. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> They're good. This yeah. is legit. Like all of a sudden, you know, games that you know, um, even a few months ago, if you were looking at the schedule, like, we're not going to yeah. win in that. We're not going to. It's like, okay, they're, they keep winning. So I feel like that second half run where it was like, you know, because I, I remember us in the beginning of the year, even in the middle of the season, kind of seeing that end of the season schedule and being like, this is where we'll fall off and, you know, we'll be lucky to be an eighth seed, you know? And it was just like, that just did not occur and they ended up four seed somehow. I mean, but if you but if you looked even at mid even at the All-Star break, like if you looked at the what became the nine game win streak, you, and you could have looked at every one of those games, Memphis, Raptors, Lakers, Pelicans, Mavs, Pelicans, um, Hornets, Hawks, Raptors. You could have looked at every one of those games and be like, yeah, that's a game that I think the Knicks might yeah, they might lose that game. That's I'm I don't know how I feel about that game. Hundred percent. You know what I mean? Being like, ah, oh, if we could go five and four, six and three, there'd be great. Like nine or, yeah. So, you know, they squeezed the, ju- you know, Tim squeezed the juice out of this team as oh much as God. we, you know, bone what I mean? dry, like, bone, dry. <laughs> bone dry, and it was awesome because, you know what? I, you know, I was talking to my friend who's a who's a Knicks detractor, and he's like, ah, you know, you guys. You just play hard during the regular season. All you know, that's the Tibbs thing. He just plays hard every game. And that's why he's always good in the regular season. And it's like teams just take off all the time. And I'm like, so be it. Who cares? <laughs> I'm comfortable so with that. So be it. I got, who wants, you know what I mean? Fuck it. Give me the dub. I'll take the dub every time. So we'll see. It's a very, woo, it's a good, it's a very lot of questions this offseason. It's a very fragile thing right now we got, don't, isn't it? It, well, I'm not going to call it a house of cards. I don't believe because because I, I I do believe the foundation that you just alluded to was very real. I think t- what Tibbs brings to the table is a real thing. Um, unlike some, I don't think there's an expiration date on Tibbs either because I think if you look at his Chicago's teams, it may have gone south between him and the front office. But he right. like up until the very last game he ever coached in Chicago, those guys played hard for him. Even guys that had been there for all five years, guys that were maybe there for one or two years. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn Nicotine Pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. So I'm not worried about that, um, but the roster. So let me ask you this: What you just said, yeah. there's a lot of questions. What is your single biggest? I don't know if you want to say single biggest question, single bit of biggest worry, single, just single Eesh. biggest thing for this offseason. Oh man, you know this is a really. There's so much. There's so many like variables right now. Yeah. Right. It's that's like, the problem. You know, we got we got these two picks. Draft is coming up. Like quickly shades of the 96 draft with pick 18 and 19 where we got the great Walter McCarty and John Wallace. And don't forget <laughs> pick it was 18, 19 and 20, 21 or there was a third pick in there too, where we got some was, other guy. Who, yeah, exactly. That didn't go so well. No, um, went poorly. <laughs> and there's no way Tibbs wants two rookies. So it's, I think draft don't forget 32. That's that, yeah. that's pretty. Big. That's what I'm saying. So I think draft night, we're going to see some action. I agree. Um, I, I, man, it's very interesting to see how everybody kind of values their players. Yes. Like for example, the day the Dame Lillard rumors started popping up last week, I go to the basketball court and I ask my good buddy Marty, who Dave plays with too. He's a Blazers fan from Portland. Oh, okay. Who would you trade Dame? I ain't trading Dame for nobody. Would you just, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, no, like the Knicks, you know, what if we did this? Did, no, 
way. I'm like, all right, what about the Celtics? If the Celtics offered Jalen Brown, would you take it? Hell no. I don't want none of that. We're not, we're trading CJ. We ain't trading Dame. Okay, cool. Then I, I had to text my friend who's a Celtics fan. <laughs> I was like, yo, let me ask you something. Would you trade Jalen Brown for Dame Lillard? Hell no. Exclamation point. And I'm like, here I am as a Knicks fan. I don't know if I want to trade RJ Barrett for Dame Lillard. And it's like, I don't fucking know. Dame, I, you know, KOC just came out with a great, uh, piece today about yes. Dame. So I, I would say I would say our odds are incredibly slim that we're in the mix on that. So it's is that's not going to happen, right? We're not I, it's not really. I haven't I was I meant to put a, a something in the newsletter about this today and I uh quite frankly forgot because I didn't finish it until almost midnight last night. Um but I uh, let me just say that I agree with you that I do not think Damian Lillard is going to be on the Knicks next year. Yeah, I just I don't see it. So all right, so the next look, we need we need a score, we need some playmakers. So the next thing is, and you've talked about it ad nauseum, is Colin Sexton's another guy that's been brought up a lot. Do you want a sext? Are you a sexter? <sighs> Only a I look night? at it like this. I I, I hear what you. I, I've been. I just was listening to your pod, and I I I feel like you're kind of you're kind of anti-sex. I'm. I'm not again. I am not a sexter by nature, but again, that that Jeremy Cohen, he is very, he's very convincing. He made I great points, and, and 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 I'll say this: it's it's it's. I look at it too, like okay, if you traded Ob nineteen and uh, Knox, Knox, none of those assets will ever be as good as an asset of Sexton. So you're incredible. Like if you ever Probably really not. wanted to move. Sex, like, you know what I mean? If you ever was trying to, like, get a bigger fish, like, you could put Sexton in the middle of a bigger deal, maybe, where those three guys and I, uh, those three assets, like, I love Obi, and I, I think he played really, really well in the playoffs. I think, obviously, you kind of saw what it, what it could turn into, but he's behind a second-team All-NBA player, and that's yes, going to be a real challenge. So I don't know. Uh, I'm not opposed to it, but they they need some scoring, and they're gonna have to figure out. They're gonna have to figure out, you know, who they want to bring back. All these guys played so well. None of them are coming back on the cheap. I mean, you probably can get Burks for another one year deal. I, feel like, I think. I feel like, but they're in a decent situation because they got they had Burks and Bullock, who, you know, this is probably a shiesty way to do business, but it's like, hey, we got one contract. I don't care. We'll give it to one of you. You know, it's like, this is the number that we're going to pay. Cause like, I think there's arguments for both guys. Personally, I'd rather bring up, bring back Bullock, but I think he's going to cost a Me little too. bit more. Yeah. I agree. I, but I agree with you. Burks could probably more easily be had. And then there's Noel, Nerlens Noel and Mitch. I don't know if you saw, um, Nerlens did an interview today for, uh, of, with Michael Scott of, of Hoopsite. Um, I, I he, <laughs> he had a lot of nice things to say about his time with the Knicks, but it was definitely, of a tenor of like reflecting back on something that is in the past. He seems like a guy who's going to be playing elsewhere next year. I, f- frankly, he deserves a good, a nice little contract. He, he should just he came should off a one year deal. And I think he played himself into a reasonable deal. Now are the Knicks going to give it to him? I don't know. Is he, is he perfect? You know what I mean? Like, you kind of got to see like with these tall rim running guys, like they're great in stretches, but kind of replaceable. Mitch was replaceable. They're very, I mean, Um, let's just call it like it is. They're replaceable. 
you know, it, and it's like Nerland's had his flaws. I mean, he was overpowered by strong rebounders, didn't have great hands, and in the Hawks series, just got eaten alive. But is you know what I mean? Like we needed the lob threat more. Mitch might have been more handy. So I don't know. So there's there's a lot of lot of roster questions. We I, my number one thing is definitely uh, we need some sort of point guard help. Obviously, uh, I don't think quickly be ready for that, and that's fine. Um, I'm not opposed to a two year, fifty mil Kyle Lowry contract, and I know most people are probably like that's crazy. I don't think but- it's no. I don't think it's crazy. <sighs> You know, it's like you got the assets. Yeah, I, I, I'm more of the of the ilk of like try and keep the space and the assets because the the shoe hasn't necessarily dropped yet for you to use them. That's like I yes, you know what I mean. Is Damon Rand would Damon Randall and the a bear cupboard do anything for us anyway? But that's the thing is they know they're not there yet. I think I think they know they're not there yet. Like I'm, I mean, one, one to 10, how concerned are you? Like, I don't want to say concerned, but like, do you really think Randall can play that well again? I think, yeah, go ahead, please. I'm going to, let me, how do I answer this question judiciously? Um, I think what Randall showed last last year is real. I think he's he is a very very good player. I think the momentum of the season um, was such that I I don't know that that's ever going to be replicated in, in quite that way. Right. Um, and I think it, his future ideally lies being what I'm really excited to see is being the second best player on a team. And I think where I'm different than some other folks is I think he can be a very good number two. I think that dude wants to win. I think he showed me more as much as what he did off the court this year. I think he showed us a lot of the fact like who he is, what his priorities are, what he really cares about. Um, Obviously it's easier to, to care about winning when you are getting all the accolades. And I think there was, you know, and listen, tips probably pulled him aside at the beginning of the year. Like, listen, you do what I tell you to do. I'm going to, you're going to get MVP votes and you're going to make a, a, you know, an all-star team. I don't even think he said all NBA that would have been even far fetched, but, um, but I think if he, if he maintains that, that mentality and that work ethic, which I have no reason to believe he won't. Right. Yeah. I'm excited to see what he could do. Sure. Yeah. I just, you know, it's, he, he he was just a whole nother level. I, I'm just curious to see the sh- the shooting is what really differentiated yes. everything. So it's just going to be interesting. And I think the Atlanta series really scared the shit out of me personally because I was like, ah, d-. I know he's not that, and yeah. I understand his performance was not solely on him. Right? It's just the game changes, and you know the ward the ward started to show. Yes, on on the team, and in Atlanta was way better than we gave them credit for. Yes, they I mean were. they made a deep run, but you know it's just it's just it, it's it'll be interesting to see. But like you know, Damon and Randall, if you had to go and do it, give them everything. There's no way in the in God's and I know I'm jumping around a lot. Sorry, but no, I know I there's no way in God's green earth the Blazers would ever do a deal without RJ. So it's just. 
I've heard the crazy like we'll just give a Mitch and quickly and Obi and Frank Frank signing trade. Be, Don't forget the Frank signing trade. It's like yeah, no. Mitch Robinson is not going to be the best player you're giving them. No. And I and honestly, the Blazers historically have just never been a tear it down kind of team. Not in a long time. I think they would want to just go and get somebody like Ben. Um, you know what I mean? And try and compete. Stick around. Or you try to or you try to have your cake and eat it too. Like if I was them, I'd try to get a decent player, but also get a draft pick from a team that historically has maybe not been the best of franchises. Like to me, if For I'm the sure. Blazers, I don't want like a bunch of future picks from Philly. And honestly, right. if the, if Dame's coming to the Knicks, which again, I don't think that's gonna happen, but if he was coming right. here, I'm not sure that I would totally value like all the all the picks. You know, future picks from the Knicks as well. I think the Brooklyn situation with Harden's a little different because those guys are all pretty old. You know, but I, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know what the perfect trade is for them. Yeah, me neither. And you know, who knows? Maybe they just try and appease Dame by going and getting another piece. Maybe moving yeah, who's CJ. That piece or where they're... are they getting it from? What are they giving up? Like, I, that's the thing. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, it looks like the most logical trade is as Kevin O'Connor said today is. You know, between the Sixers and the Blazers, you know, I just, it seems the most logical. We'll, we'll see how that goes, but swinging it back on the Knicks. I mean, you know, to, to, if you got a guy like Lowry who played well last year, does, you know, you have quickly, so you don't have to play him 35. You bring back D Rose if you can. It's cult. It's a culture guy. You hold on to the assets. Maybe you move up in the draft. You you take nineteen and twenty one and go up to thirteen or something. Whatever. You know what I mean. So you don't have to bog down with a bunch of rookies for Tibbs. I don't know. Might I? I, I don't know, bro. I don't fucking know. No, but see, but you're what you're vocalizing is. The issue of this offseason, and it was to, to a certain extent the same issue of last offseason. The only difference was last offseason, not that there were no expectations, but I think the sit back and do nothing was 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 a fine decision because, you know, they took on a little bit of salary for, you know, yeah. future second round picks and, and whatever else. They moved around a little bit in the draft. Like they had young players. It's like, okay, it's all right. If you punt on this season, that's totally fine. And we all expected totally. them to effectively punt on the season and, and win. I don't know how many games we thought they would win 25, 27, 30, you know, whatever it was, not how many they won, but now it's a little bit different because, and this is what I keep getting caught up in, and I'm curious what you think, because we could sit here and say, you know, last year happened ahead of schedule. We're not there yet. We still need to be patient, all that stuff. And I, I think they should do all that. But it's a lot easier to say that and then turn around and be like, okay, I'm cool with another offseason where it's like there's nothing huge and, and and that happens. I just wonder about the internal pressure they feel to just keep the momentum going. That's what 100%. that's what it is to me. You know what I mean? And, and for sure. I mean, and it's it's interesting because it's like it's two ways uh, it can go when you decide to like kind of fill the roster with one year guys. And we saw two years ago with totally flopped and it was yeah. awful and you know i mean we all loved bobby portis but <laughs> but you know it was just like okay fuck that and then this year you know with great coaching and just it just worked and these guys were hungry and they brought in the right guys 
And now you're kind of back. The, the, the main thing is you're kind of back to square one, right? It's like, you're not going to be able to, you, you know what I mean? Are you, can you just run it back? You know what I mean? And it's like, I don't think if you ran that back, you'd get the same results. Unfortunately, I a lot of breaks, yeah. a lot of breaks. And, um, it's, it's it, I, the internal pressure to win in New York is big. And I think you can't now go. That's the thing about winning. You can't go back now. Right. Like you were saying, like, you can't be like, well, we're rebuilding. You got to be patient. It's like you were just the four seed. So yes. now it's like, shit, we got to make the playoffs next year. And they came out of fucking nowhere. You know what I mean? So it's <laughs> like, it's, it's a bit of, it's a, it's a bit of a tough spot to be in. Uh, I, I, and whew, it's, yeah, I would have, <laughs> I wouldn't want to be Leon. I don't know. I really don't know. It, it you know, you, I, the pay, there's no patience anymore, right? No. There's no like now nah, we're we're rebuilding because like before this past season it was like all we want is RJ to be good, yes. Mitch to keep developing, and like if these rookies are good, like we can trade Randall for anybody. Like that's one year ago where we were. But I still but but hold on because I still feel like based on all the conversations we're having about well we're not ready to trade for Dame yet right like we may not even be ready to trade for Bill yet the reason is because they don't have enough in the the asset chest right like Obi has right. not matured quickly has not matured even RJ I think you could argue has not fully matured because there's still questions right. about you know is is he going to what is he going to be eventually so all those players, all your young players, and no, to say nothing of who you draft this year, Mitchell Robinson, if you want to throw him in, they do need to keep getting getting better. And that is arguably still the most important thing the franchise could do this season is to make sure that those assets appreciate, continue to appreciate in value. But right. the difference is that can't all be what it's about. Now it has to continue to be like, okay, we've 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 taken away the LOL Knicks part of it, and we have to right. just keep it that way like they can't go back and win you know, th- you know i don't know what it would be but like 35 games this year i don't think that would play well and i think too like bringing in the veteran guys really help the development of the younger guys because it really yes. does hold them accountable because i mean you've seen in the past it's like oh the only way to let these guys develop is to play 35 minutes and let them shoot whenever the fuck they want kevin knox and it doesn't work and you know because this league is legit and it's like you know you got a dude like Reggie Bullock and Alec Burks now on your team and those dudes are like fuck you rook like I'm trying to play I'm trying to get paid next year I'm going to show you what's up I'm going to score whenever I got to score like Burks and play two way like Reggie was doing so that definitely helped a ton you know I mean look it's I think you know I'm foolish with this stuff like I remember, you know, being like, no, nah, I'm not trading a mod Shumper for Kyle Lowry. <laughs> like, I was like that, you weren't alone. You weren't alone in that. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, maybe it is. Maybe you just got to go get Beal or Dame and trade RJ for real. Like at some point, maybe <laughs> we could have that conversation. I'm not ready to have it now. Um, yeah. Purely, more, more than anything, I, I like these kids. Like, be, let me ask you this: between me too. so, Mitch is kind of a little out of sight, out of mind, but I still qu- put him in this conversation. Between Mitch, Quick, Obi, and RJ, who's the guy that you like? I really, 
want to be able to root for this kid. RJ, 100%. RJ. I mean, my oldest 100%. son is named RJ. My 10-year-old son is RJ, named RJ. That's awesome. Like, we have, like, a fucking bond. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, fu- I, I fuck with the kid. And I would say, I, and I, 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 I like all of them. I really do. Um, I'm not crazy about Mitch's Instagram persona, but I, I know he's a good dude. But it, Quick what, and Obi what, what have is, been... Like, how... <laughs> He's a bit of a knucklehead. You know, Mitch has had a bit of a strange past to begin with. But like Obi and Quickly, like these kids are great cultured dudes. Like a week later, they're back in Greenberg at the work. You know what I mean? Working out. It's like, I love that. I love that. And I think that they'll both be pros for a long time. For a long time. Um, I just don't know if I have my blinders on. You know what I mean? Because it's like you don't... You know, Dame or Beal. I don't know. You know what I mean? Is that the you, next step? I don't know. Don't you need to have... If you're a good organization, I'm not saying good organizations never trade away young players because, I, you know, it happens all the time. It leads to getting, you know, veterans who could help you win a championship. But, like, don't you need to have organi- or like a little bit of organizational blinders on to just have the confidence that if you keep a kid there... He's going to get better in year two and in year three and in year four. Like, I think that's a good 100%. thing to a certain extent. And I was watching, you know, and you're watching the playoffs. You're seeing a lot of homegrown talent. You know what I mean? And yes. The, Gian- the Giannis uh, Middleton's uh, Booker and Trey Young and the MB and the Sixers. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, dudes who are, dra- you know, Luke obviously is another guy. But, you know, just like you want that. But, you know, then there's Brooklyn, you know, it's like, well, fuck it. We got three stars, you know, we'll, we'll be back next year. Yeah, but they got I, two at once and <laughs> then they had an up. Like, that was a weird scenario. It was. But, it, you know, you do we have the transformative talent that is some of those guys I've mentioned? We do not. And I could be the biggest homer for RJ. But he is not, and I'm honestly just playing devil's advocate. But it's like if the no, Blazers, you know what I mean? It's like I don't know if I do that deal, but it's it's something to think about because you know we're just talking about different variations of what can occur, and I I think obviously this would be the lowest chance of happening. But you know it's and I love RJ, but is RJ ever going to be a first team All NBA player? Because Dame Lillard is a first team All NBA player. Yes, unequivocally so. He is, I mean, he's Dame. I don't know what, <laughs> so, else, to, what else to say. It's fucking hard. It's hard to say. You know what I mean? They don't come around that often. No, well, and when you have the third pick, and this is no slight to RJ, who I think is great, but we have to talk about what we think his ceiling is. When you have the third pick, you're trying to draft that guy. You are. So you don't have to go and get him, right? Trey, Giannis, Luca, right? Yeah. Embiid. Yeah. That's that's when you really win the lottery, when you draft a guy who can do that. So RJ was a third pick overall. Well, um look at me defending RJ. I am I No, am, I love <laughs> RJ. Like I just no, told I you. Like, what's his ceiling? Like, you know, because this is gonna come up a few more times. We're not done at Dame, whether it's Beal. But that's my point. We're not done at yeah. Dame. There's going to be more guys, so we don't need to 
um, cash the chips in right now. That's the th- I think where I'm at at this point. Um, Fair. We'll see. We'll, we'll see if they're if they're as patient. You ready? Showtime on May third. Summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Is there... One player that's not currently on the Knicks that you would like to see play for the Knicks next season, whether it be someone from the draft, a free agent, a trade candidate. You mentioned Lowry already, so maybe someone other than Lowry. I like Lowry. You know, I think he's a good stopgap guy, and I, I don't know if he's interested in coming here. And you know, he might be more championship oriented, but maybe. You know, if you could hold on to like a, you know, you kind of overpay him and get keep your cap flexibility and have him come in and just be such a huge upgrade at a position that was. You know, a bit of a bit of you know trouble. Um, a bit of trouble. A bit of trouble. I a mean, we played Alfred Payton, who probably won't be in the league next year. So, um, I think he will get signed to play somewhere. I can't the NBA. believe we even had to talk about him on this pod. I was just narrowly attempting to avoid him. Um, as far as your question, uh, draft wise, um, you know, I. I really, I like the kid from Connecticut. He's jumped up uh, a ton. He was, there he's was a report a today. He's going like top 10 he, now. He might, well, now there's, uh, who was I reading today? I apologize. I, I forget who it was, but someone said he, now there's a possibility he may go like six. Unbelievable. Yeah. Book Knight's, he's, he's yeah, good. So Book Knight is solid. I like Springer. I like Trey Mann a lot. Um, you know, in that 19 to 21 yeah. range. Well, man, man worked. I was, I, I I was told like man Kispert. worked out with them today. I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not a Kispert guy. I'm not. I'm not. I, I guess it's Duncan. You know, maybe it's Duncan Robinson part two. That's, that's if it. But that's the thing. If it is, if it is. But it, but again, I'm not sure you can project anyone being Duncan Rob, Robinson. You know, part two because he is so good and so unique in what he's able to do. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. I, I I just I I'm not super high on him. I know it's amazing how much he's dropped, uh, and just in terms of talking, uh shit. Free agent wise, I don't know. It's a weird class. There's no it's one that very like, weird class. It's no one that's like super jumping jumping out to me. Um, but I would love for the Knicks to bring back D Rose. I thought he was awesome. Yeah. Um, he just brought good vibes all around. Played great. Obviously. Could not play thirty five minutes a game, poor dude. But Lane best, was almost best about player to fall in off. In, uh, in that series, in the Atlanta series, which you, oh, you should trust not me, the D the D Rose stands hit my mentions because I 
Listen, if you watch the Knicks all year, RJ Barrett was our best, second best player. Excuse me, second best player. Yes. And I somehow mentioned that in some sort of conversation. And Derek Rose, he just has so many diehard fans, like who just ride with D Rose. Uh, it's it's uncanny how many people still ride with him from the Chicago MVP days. It's, it's tight. I, and I was like, yo, it's love. Like I I respect how much you rock with D Rose. And I as we watched him this this year cuz the last Knicks run was like, oof. This not, not so great. I I totally got it. I was like I totally get it. He's a very likable guy. So, um I'd love to I'd love to bring him back and uh we're going to have to figure out the center situation because Mitch has not been healthy. I'd love to bring back Noel, but I don't know, man. So it's going to be interesting. I Maybe I a can't little Rash- Rashawn Holmes vibe or what? Uh, a little, little bit too much. I, I, based on what I think he's going to get paid, a little bit, couple, couple too many, um, couple too many pesos for me for, for, for him. Just kind of, I think keeping the flexibility, I saw the art, I didn't mean to cut you off, but just, you know, I saw Ian Bagley wrote about it the other day. And yeah. I think, I think keeping the flexibility right now and trying to do what you did last year and, and you know, kind of just plug and play a bit and hopefully you bring in some more young guys. You still have a ton of assets is the, is the move until you're ready to go and make that like major splash. But I think the NBA is really about not necessarily, I'm sure many people have said this before me, but I, I did just think of it, so I will say it. Um, it's not so much what you pay guys, it's when you pay guys, which is to say, like, the Suns right now, they will happily give DeAndre Ayton a max contract because they have, I mean, Paul is a little bit on the older side, but putting that aside they have all their pieces in place. So they don't have to worry necessarily too much about paying 25% of their cap to a guy who is like, don't get me wrong. Obviously he's a very good center. He, he you know, 20, you know, 20, uh, 20 and to, to start the, the finals, I guess, and has had some other great games in the playoffs, but he's still like, you know, he's 16 points a game. He doesn't play make, he doesn't shoot threes. He's like, right. You know, but you could do that if you're them and you're in this position, if you're the Knicks, and you got Mitchell Robinson here, and you're sitting and you're watching the playoffs, and you're like, okay, the Bucks don't really need to play a center. I mean, granted, they have Giannis, but again, the point is that like they're putting Giannis at center. They can they can do that. Clippers didn't need to play a center. Uh, Capella yeah. even uh, Capella killed us. He got played off the floor a little bit in the in the Eastern Conference Finals. There are other examples of this throughout the league. Like I, I just people talking about, ah, oh, you got to make Mitch restricted so you can get to lock him up. I'm like, I'm not. Yeah. I don't know about that. I'm not sure. Yeah, I agree with that. I 100% agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the finals really shifted when they decided to play Giannis at the five and, and kind of mm-hmm. limit Brooke Lopez a bit because they were just killing Brooke on that on those screens. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, I would have loved to see more Randall at the five last year. Well, maybe playing. Yeah. I wonder next. That's You're asking me if I, what I want to see next season. I want to see a little... Randall, Obi together. Just give me five minutes a game. Yeah, I think that'd be good. I, I think it's necessary. And, you know, it's obviously a lot depends on if, you know, Obi can keep improving as a, a, a shooter. But I'd love to just see Obi, you know, roll to the rim a bit more and just, just show those bunnies. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> he's, he's just so silly athletic. It's just exciting. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's interesting. I mean, they drafted him last year. 
lottery pick and then to just flip them. It's it's not ideal. It's I don't never, want them to do it. I really don't. It's never a, a great you. reflection of a of a front office to go and flip your lottery pick right away. Um, but we'll see. We'll we will see. Colin Sexton, I I joked with uh, Dave today about it, he reminds me a bit of uh, when we well at least I did back in the day when we really wanted Jamal Crawford. Um, and it was like I just because it was like I just need a guy who could score. Get me a guy. This dude could play the one. He could play the two. He could score, but he's just coming. The Cavs were just so bad, just like those Bulls teams were. Just no culture. Green light go. Kevin loves sulking. Oof. But that goes both ways, though. I'm not a big Sexton guy, but I know he's okay. I liked him at Bama. I don't know. But to me, that goes both ways. Is he part of the reason the Cavs are terrible, or is he a victim of the Cavs being terrible? It's probably somewhere in between. I mean, you know, if he was really that great, it was they would not be trying to get rid of him. They would no. figure it out. Yeah. That's um, the facts, Jack. It's, it's a fact, <laughs> when people Jack. don't want to see that, they just look at the stats and be like, oh, he scored 25 a game. Bro, first off, how many Cavs games y'all watched last year? I watched the four of the times they played the Knicks. I wasn't watching the Cavs and I got an NBA ticket. Three three times, actually. The, yeah. yeah, I wasn't watching the damn Cavs. Fuck, they're terrible. Um, I watch a little bit of the Cavs. They're not they're not good. You didn't miss much. Um yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm the more we yeah, talk and we'll see what ends up happening. I feel like this will be the off season of resisting temptation if yeah. for for the Knicks. Just there will be opportunities, but just be smart about the ones you take. Don't take any, don't make any moves that are, you do not absolutely need to. And then the, the hardest part in the NBA is knowing when is that opportunity that's too good to pass up. Like when you have to know, and who knows, maybe it is Sexton. Maybe it is Sexton. Maybe right. it involves trading Wayobi. I don't know. Um, sure. Because there's always a move, right? There's always a move when you look back on with successful organizations, when they when they turn the corner, they're like, man, they yeah. were really smart. How did they get by him so low? And you point to whoever it is. Maybe Sexton's that guy for us. I don't know. Totally. And, you know, you... I would say at least there is a greater chance with this front office for that to occur than we've had in the past. Yes. And, you know, as an optimistic Knicks fan, we've had a lot of blind faith and a lot of really stupid people. But I think we, after this this past year and change, one can hope that this uh, front office at least has the capability of making that move. So a little bit of faith because, I mean, <clears throat> you know, like I said, I mean, dude, w- it would have been a very different if we traded Shumper for Kyle Lowry. And I know that's just such a total random thing, but you know what I'm saying? No, it's not. Like, but, but there's so many crossroads. Like, you can't trade this dude. You can't trade that dude. I mean, even now you look back at the Porzingis trade, it hasn't really been that massive of a loss. I mean, it was a bad trade. Probably could have gotten better assets, but it is what it is. You know what I mean? I think there's there's stages you go through as an organization, and the first stage is you have to turn the corner 
to be just a decent team. And I, I, I said this throughout the season. And I'll say it again. I think they accomplished that. And I think that's the, that is, that was the toughest part for this particular team. Now it's about just, you know, you, you improve bit by bit by bit. Don't try to bite the whole, you know, uh, bite off more than you could chew. And then you, you, you got go babies there. crying. I know. I got, I think, I think my wife may be in, I'm in amazed need my of kids are so quiet too. right now. How many? You wait, got two so, littles, right? You got two littles. I, I got two. I got a four uh, month and then a four year, soon to be five. Love it. Yeah, I got three. You? I know you got three. R- remind me the ages again. I forget the Ten, ages. Ten, eight, and four. Ten, eight, and four. That's. <laughs> yeah, awesome. but you're. Yeah, it's fine. You're. If the youngest is four now. You just yeah. came. I feel like you've maybe now, unless you're going to have another one. I don't. I don't want to put any. No. Li- okay. I'm just Never make, that. Making sure. No, three is good. Um, listen, you know, I think personally, no, I'll just. I'll tell you. I'm not going to hide behind what I've said in the past. I think anyone who has more than two children should be certified as clinically insane. I could justify two because you give <laughs> yeah, the, no. you give a sibling to the to the one. The third, the people, I can't. I don't understand. Yeah. No. People told us they're like. uh Having three is easier than two. And you know what I call those people? Liars. Those are liars. No, but it's fun. We're having a lot of fun. Uh, my <laughs> 10 year old is super, watches all the next games with me. We're huge fans. He's super into it. So I was able to keep him a Knicks fan um, rather than him jump ship with Clippers or Lakers. Good job. And uh, yeah, so that's super fun. And, um, you know, we're just, we're hyped. We've been watching the finals. We're super excited for the finals tonight. Yeah. Well, well, this is going to air um, after maybe the Bucks are crowned NBA champions. We don't, we don't know. We'll see. Do you have a prediction for tonight? I'm rooting for the Bucks. Yeah, I'm rooting for the Bucks. Okay. I, I am a Giannis fan. I dig Giannis. I like Giannis. I dig his vibe. He's just, his story is like, great. I, it is a great story. And he seems like a good dude. Like, yeah. a, like a genuinely yeah. good guy. Oh. Oh, yeah. Um, which is cool. Um, all right. Well, listen, I don't know, uh, for sure if I'm going to have you on before the season. So give me, um, sure. give me a little prediction here. <laughs> uh, I, I will predict there's some sort of d- draft day trade. They're not taking 19 and 21. Okay. There's so- just no way whether they even trade out and go for future assets. There's no way they're taking two dudes. It's just not going to happen. Um, uh, in the first round, I will say that I just I can't see it happening. I can't either. Um, and uh, besides that, um, I'm not going to ask you to give me a record, but give me do they do no, they just like some roster like vibes? I I, I think I'm going to side with you in that it'll be a bit more conservative. You know, it's really easy to kind of talk about all the insane things that could occur, but I think it'll be a bit more conservative than we probably imagine it. Okay. Um, but I, I really don't know. And that's, it, this is a very interesting off season for us because yes. it's like, it can go a few different ways pretty quick. Flexibility and assets. Oh gosh. And in the, in the past, we really would think this up, but I <laughs> <laughs> let's hope Leon and crew are going to just do it all right. You know, because it's like, you know, it doesn't happen that often, but no. I, I like where they're at. So I, I you know, um, and the 22 class seems like a, a better That's pretty free agent class. So if you got to stick it out and, and fight 
with what you got and, and make some, some improvements incrementally. I'm not mad at that. Because, um, yo, you got to think, too. I mean, you know, look, we can end on this, but Philly's going to be good next year. Yep. And they're going to have Embiid. They're probably going to trade Ben Simmons for somebody very good. Yes. Boston's going to be good. They got Tatum and Jalen Brown. Yep. Right? Brooklyn, if they're healthy, which is a big F at this point because it's kind of been a bit weird with those guys. They're going to be legit. And Milwaukee might win the chip tonight. So, you don't have to be in a, a huge rush. You know what I mean? And Atlanta made the conference finals. I was about to say you didn't you didn't make you didn't even mention Atlanta. You didn't mention Miami. And they're you, you know, know who knows? Maybe there's another team that um So it's it's, that it's like up. it's fun. Let's be good. Which I'm I loved being good, but like you know you're not winning the chip next year. Let's just call it like it is. <laughs> I listen, there's no this fine. I'm 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 okay with that. I mean if it happens, I'm a Fucking go! I would go crazy. I would go crazy. I would. I would cry. I would cry. How much would you cry? We'd cry. I would cry like a baby. I don't even. I don't. I'd cry. I genuinely don't know. Gosh, I don't know. I don't know what my actual. What it's my all bottled would. up. When if it happens in our lifetime, it's just gonna, like a fucking sieve just all come out, dude. It's gonna be. I the just greatest hope I'm still like lives. cognitively functioning and. You know, I, I know what Man, I'm watching. I was like those 90 year old Cubs fans. I mean, they they were like, you know what I mean? We'll be like that. <gasps> oh, man. Um, Rich, yeah. can you All right. plug? You want me yes. to plug? Yeah, I need a plug. I need a plug. Yeah, yeah. So uh, new album. It's called Jams. Uh, it's out now. Anywhere you stream music. Uh, go check it out. I uh, got a video coming out next week. I'll be dropping on socials. I also have a podcast around the album. It's called That's My Jam. It's where the guest uh, picks a favorite album of theirs and we'll listen beforehand and discuss it. It's more like a music nostalgia kind of podcast. Dave actually was a guest. Um, I'm doing eight episodes of that. We're three in. So, um, yeah, check them out and shout out to Nick's Film School, man. You guys are doing great work. I'm a big fan. I'm happy to be a friend of the show. <laughs> You're a, a big happy. You're you're a big friend, big time friend of the show. Uh, I am a fan of yours. You inspire me from afar. Uh, doing what you do, it is um, it's just great to see good people uh, a succeeding and uh, b just doing good work. <laughs> and uh, thanks, you, you, dude. You definitely do that. Um, if you if you're listening to this and you have not checked out the album yet, go check out the album. You will not be disappointed. I just want to say that lifter. one time. It's a mood lifter. It'll it'll bring some smiles to you. That's for sure. And who who doesn't want to smile? Um, exactly. On that note, uh, here, stick around for a sec. Everybody else, um, thank you for listening to another episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast. We'll be back with you with some more uh, good times before you know it. Adios. <laughs> <laughs>